Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. You know you got to use that promo code DNVR20 because you'll save 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. Joining me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we're going to discuss... A little bit of the Colorado Rockies 13-2 loss to the San Diego Padres. Honestly, not much to break down there from an analytical standpoint. When your starting pitcher comes out and just does not have it, uh, you typically lose the ball game. But the Colorado Rockies did make a trade today that's remarkably intriguing from a number of facets. And they've got a lot of things that are positives and negatives for them moving forward. So we're going to dive more into that than trying to explain why three pitchers who've you know two of which have struggled all year and one of which was probably due for one you know breaking that down too much isn't going to be to too much too many people's benefit but Patrick let's go ahead and start there Ryan Castellani called up after you know Peter Lambert had to go down with the Tommy John that would probably have been his spot this year Castellani instead called upon for that we had talked about how he'd had some shine as a prospect a lot of it had come off you didn't know what to expect His first five starts, very, very good. About as good as you could have hoped for out of Castellani. Finally lays an egg, comes out, just doesn't have it. Gives up five runs in the first two innings. Yeah, even even the Houston start where he goes five innings and gives up five runs, you say, that's okay, to that lineup. And, And he kept them competitive in that game. So that certainly by no means was any kind of issue there. And as you said, yeah, this was his first real misstep so far in his early career after being a guy that was you know very much highly touted uh coming out of the state of arizona as as a prep pitcher and had to repeat at double a and hey they needed him this year and he stepped up in a really major way but today only goes the two innings gets his pitch count up to 50 struggles there in the first inning gives up a monster home run to Hosmer, gives up two more runs in the second inning and is immediately followed by a guy who just was activated yesterday in Chichi Gonzalez. I was asked about him last night and say, hey, could he be a factor? And he, he say, well, yeah, if, if Castellani, you know, lays an egg or, or two, Chichi's the next guy you go to. And then immediately there you see Chichi go out <laughs> and throw four innings, only gives up that one run, and you have to say, hey, is this your number five starter now immediately? They're off on Thursday, so you have an opportunity to to skip him until you know you, you get to next week at some point. So you might not really answer that question here uh, in a week's time, but the the question does beg to be to be asked if, if Chi Chi is now your number five starter going forward. Yeah, and you know, I, I think Castellani, obviously, you know, he's earned a another look and, and some of yeah. it has been uh, you know, I do think he's gotten a little bit lucky in his first several starts, but still you take it. You you have to tip your cap to the production that you've gotten out of a guy that you weren't expecting anything out of so far this year. Um, but yeah, I think that's an open-ended question. I thought Chi-Chi looked very good in his four innings out there, really just making the one mistake as you, as you talked about. And so, you know, for your fifth rotation day, when you're going up against the other team's you know, expected to be ace, though he hasn't been that this year. Chris Paddock pitched a very good game today for the Padres, was more the guy they had expected him to be. That's an on-paper loss, and and you had talked about coming into this series. You know, I thought maybe the Rockies could figure their way into three wins because I thought they'd steal that first one behind Freeland, and they, and they very nearly did before the bullpen imploded. Uh, but this looks like a, a split where the Rockies maintain, you know, the the season series advantage just slightly over the Padres. If they can come out and get the, the win on Monday, you know, it's a weird series to have it end on a, a Monday. <laughs> that, that's a whole new thing. We're going to, of all the things th- this year in baseball, but uh, frustrating that the Rockies fall back to 500 and frustrating that you lose 13-2, to two, but you don't get rollover runs. And, and so these sort of beatdowns don't mean as much if the, Rockies can can get back and find their way into a, 
a controlled baseball game that they can win behind Herman Marquez. Yeah, and they're going to need that. You know, tomorrow night's game, it's interesting. It's on ESPN. We didn't think that it was going uh, – we're going to see the Rockies on ESPN for another decade or so after last yeah. year's, you know, opening weekend, you know, bombardment by the Dodgers. And it was, okay, you know, up there in, in, in Boston slash New York, you know, ESPN is situated right there in the middle in Connecticut. They're going to say, all right, all right, those Rockies, we gave them a shot, all right? They waited 12 years to finally, you know – get back on the, on the, the big network, so to speak. And man, they, they crapped the bed. So forget it. But here they are again, kind of in that spotlight. And I, I think it's an exciting game. You know, I think a lot of it does have to do uh, with, with how sexy San Diego is right now, but yeah. it is a great opportunity for her men to really, you know, cement himself, get himself back on track after, you know, that, that really bad start he had at two times ago that totally derailed his ERA. Going into that yep. start, he was a guy that, you know, if you saw a lot of top 10 lists about best pitchers in the game, as they were, you know, hyping up who's a Cy Young candidate after four starts, Hermen Marquez was starting to get that love. People were starting to realize, and he has an opportunity to do that tomorrow night once again. Um, in all those categories, I mean, he was striking guys out, the ERA, not walking people. That's been actually, I think, quietly his calling card for a couple of years now is the very, very low walk rate of Herman Marquez. And so, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think he's going to be chomping at the bit to come out, get the Colorado Rockies a win, earn them that split in this series against the Padres. But it's going to be tough to do. The team, they're obviously hot. You cannot make a mistake right now to Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, or I'm going to have to learn who Jake Cronenworth is, apparently. What a jerk. I'm going to have to learn his name. Fine. Actually, it's an easy name to, to learn. Cronenworth, it sticks out a bit. So um, we got to do our top names. I forgot to mention, by the way, when they were playing the Dodgers, how much I love the name Bruzdar Greaterall. It's one of the greatest names in baseball right now. We got to do our top 10 at some point. We'll go around and we'll, we'll find them all. So there was another guy who came in the other day. I was like, what a fantastic. It's always relief pitchers anymore. Uh, Bruce Dark Great are all fitting right into that category. But <laughs> uh, Michael Givens is a guy a with name. a pretty good, and especially because we're spelling it with a Y. So I'm going to taste, uh, toast, excuse me. Well, I'll taste it as well. My Breckenridge Brew. I've actually got this very fancy nitro pumpkin spice latte ale going on right now. Uh, but my favorite one, I'm in, that's because I'm down at the DNVR bar. We got a triple header today, Rockies afternoon, Avs. Got some work ahead of them. They're down early here. The the Nuggets going a little bit later on. So we're doing a lot down here at the DNVR bar. And if you're you got a heavy sports day, if you're watching all three games, you got to have your Breck brew with you. Whether you're getting it down here at the DNVR bar or if you're swinging by the farmhouse, our friends over at Breckenridge Brew will take care of you with some food and some beer. If you call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m., use that code DNVR and you will save five bucks off both the beer and the food. Great deal from them. And if you're swinging by the DNVR bar, make sure you come up and say hello to me from a safe distance. We've all We've all been doing a very good job of that down here. So, uh, Patrick, I do want to get into talking about that because, as, again, as I said, when you lose 13 to 2, uh, there, there's not a whole lot to analyze there. Castellani was bad. It happens. Chi Chi, there were some positive signs. I did see one here, I guess, before we get into the move, uh, a question about uh, coming in from Joseph. You know, Pazos and Deal, what, what do you do with these guys? And the Rockies really are stuck with those being the only two lefties on the roster. Uh, and, I, and I know the numbers that Jake McGee is putting up with L.A. make that that much more frustrating, though I still don't believe in that. And I also still don't believe that if Jake McGee was still on the Rockies that he'd be putting up those numbers. And furthermore, I don't believe it has anything to do with the difference in coaching or development of those two teams. I think it has 100% to do with Jake McGee. Uh, but all of that being said... The Rockies are stuck here. You can't just get rid of the two lefties in your bullpen, despite the fact that they're clearly the two guys who've struggled the most. Uh, but bringing in a guy like Michael Gibbons, while he's not a lefty reliever, he strengthens your bullpen and, and limits the amount that you're going to need to rely on these totally unproven commodities. For sure. You know, we'll get into the guys that the Rockies had to give up for Gibbons, but... The Rockies have 
have an option. Who they givens up? Who they who they done givens it up? Sorry, sorry, I, I apologize. It. <laughs> it's it's wordplay, right? It's it's wordplay Sunday. It's, it was right there. It. I had to swing at that pitch. It was right down the middle. You know, when you've got the 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 vim, vigor, and vavra, you know, uh, as you do, you're gonna have some wordplay there. Uh, make sure that doesn't get up your nose there, Drew. That was so good. That was too good. <laughs> that was my my wordplay was like kindergarten compared to what you just pulled off. <laughs> well, well, if the Rockies, you know, want to want to improve their bullpen, they they already did it. Right hander and Michael Givens. We'll talk about him in a second. They can go out and make another trade for a left hander. They're probably gonna have to pay just as much, possibly more, uh, since there are less of those guys available on the market right now. Right. Or instead of giving up maybe two more prospects, they can call up Ryan Rawlison. He's a left-handed pitcher. Yes, he has not pitched yes, above is. high A, right? Didn't, this year would have been his his time at Hartford. I thought mm-hmm. there was an, a, a chance going into last season that if the Rockies were really making a postseason push, that you could have seen Rawlison coming out of the bullpen based off of everything uh, that he did in Asheville uh, in 2018. So, you know, he doesn't have that much experience. But, again, a starting pitcher going down to just his two best pitches, I think you have an opportunity there, you know, to give him a shot. Yes, it does start his clock a little bit earlier than you would have liked, which means he then becomes a free agent maybe slightly sooner than you would like, you know, six years down the road. But you can't worry about that right now. now. You you didn't worry about it when you dealt away Tyler Nevin, Taron Vavra, four givens here. Well, you're not losing Ryan Rollison by bringing him up. You, you might be losing a year of productivity out of him when he's in his prime at, at 27, 28 years old. But you have an opportunity here right now to capitalize on, on your weakest spot right now in the bullpen. And the only way that becomes a problem, Patrick, is if Ryan Rollison turns out to be really good. That's the only way losing a year of control at the end of his contract ends up being an issue Kind of the way it, it sort of has with Trevor Story, right? Where they could have held him back for a month in 2016, a year they did not end up competing, and they would have one more year of tr- control over Trevor Story, which right now you can critique and say, man, they maybe should have done that. But the only reason that's turned into a problem is because Trevor Story is a superstar. If, if Ryan Rollison turns into the kind of player that we're going, man, you really wish they had another year of control on this guy, that means great things for the Rockies, so I'm with you bring him up now uh i'd love to see it because they got to try something uh pazos and deal don't have it they haven't had it all year uh you know it's different than castellani didn't have it today that's one out of six you can handle not having it one out of six times out whether you're a starter reliever you live with that uh when you haven't had it any of the times out and i thought that both those guys look go back and I've, I've given myself a pat on the back for predicting that John Gray was going to have an uptick in velo or strike out X number of guys and whatever I've said about Marquez. And Sensatella, I think, is my, is my best prediction so far of the season. Uh, I have got to punch myself right in the face with the cold take of James Pazos, who I thought was going to be kind of a key component for the Rockies this year, almost a secret weapon. I thought he was going to be fantastic, and he's been awful. I mean, awful, awful. He's been an absolute disaster and, you know, that's just one more difficulty for the bullpen. I totally understand why Buddy put both of those guys back out there today when they were already down by a lot of runs, saying almost like, show me something. Because if you can't show me something, we're going to go somewhere else, whether it's outside the organization, giving those to, to the new guy in Givens, or with Ryan Rollison. So it, it's going to be interesting moving forward. But we'll see less of those guys, I think, and they've earned that. Yeah, no, you know, Pazos, you know, he, he showed some – some potential when, when he was in Seattle, and obviously that's what Colorado saw when they, they went uh, and were able to acquire him relatively cheap there off the scrap heap. And, and, and that's what the Dodgers did with Jake McGee. You go, all right, well, let's give this guy a shot. You know, he's, he's shown some life. You know, certainly a veteran like McGee had, had a lot more of a track record of being successful than a younger guy like James Pazos. But that being said, you know, the, the, the magic that, that the Rockies sometimes can sprinkle on these guys it just is not translating right now for James Pazos, Philip Deal. You know, he's still a, you know, a relatively young guy, but maybe he was already at his peak. You know, they, they gave up Mike Talkman for, who was a guy that didn't fit for, you know, their roster at the time. So right. you say, that's all right. But, you know, sometimes these lefty guys, sometimes it's, it's the old 
lefties that you want and not so much the young ones that never come to fruition. Do you remember a guy by the name of Jerry Vasto? Now, this I, was a guy that was a you know, relatively big deal. I knew you would, uh, Drew, yeah, of course. But, but, but you know, they, they gave up Drew Butera for him, and you go, okay, that's a good deal. They, they needed a, a backup catcher at that point in 2018. And, and Vasto had, had pitched, you know, you know, rather well at, in, in Albuquerque, and, and yeah, he'd been a couple of things. But you go, you know what? We 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 can afford to, to lose him for what we need right now, and he really hasn't, you know, surfaced since that trade uh, to Kansas City. So, you know, you 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 make those deals, and but you, you got to cut your losses at some point, and and that might be where they're at with these two guys. I, I think again, until you have a replacement. There's no reason to just give them up for nothing, but Rollison is that guy because anybody else that you're kicking the wheels on from from another organization besides the 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 general salary that you know the Momfords or any ownership group at this point might be a little you know hesitant to pay for. You're also gonna have to give up that that package of of prospects. So Rollison is that option if you need to improve the stock of your lefties in the bullpen. Absolutely. And, you know, we got a question in here from Henry. Fantastic listener and question asker pretty much every live show. Make sure you be like Henry and join us on these YouTube live chats after everyone. You got to subscribe so you get that notification about when we're going live. Asking here about being buyers or sellers. And I think love, hate, or, or medium on the trade that they made today, the Rockies made it loud and clear that they are, they believe themselves to be buyers, that they're going to try to add to this team. This is, there's no other way to sell a move where you, uh, push out a couple of prospects and you bring in a guy with a record in Michael Givens. Now, he is under contract through next year, which to me swings this deal pretty heavily in favor of the Colorado Rockies. If this was a rental for one season and you're moving out Nevin, who I think is an interesting prospect, but a hit or miss. I could see that guy really never having a, a major league career. I could see him carving out a decent one. Uh, Taryn Vavra, the better prospect here, more shine because he's got that positional value as a shortstop. However, to me, I thought Vavra was always a little bit, I know you liked him, Patrick, so I want to, I want to let you, you know, sell him in a minute. To me, he was always a little bit overrated in the Rocky system. There's other guys I like better. Um, and also he plays shortstop, which is also played by Trevor Story, Garrett Hampson and Brandon Rogers. And so to move out that guy and to bring in a reliever who's got a 332 ERA throughout his career, sitting like at 138 this year, the peripherals have been good for four or five years running, high strikeouts, decent walk rate, a little higher than I'd like, uh, but still the good stuff. And when I've got Orioles fans tweeting at me, hey, you guys got a good one? That was the one thing. When the Rockies got Brian Shaw, I remember thinking the numbers are great. This guy fits in perfectly. And then a couple of Cleveland fans sent some tweets at me. were like, he'll probably be okay, but this guy's going to raise your heart rate. He can be a nightmare. He get like, you don't want him closing games. You don't want him doing X, Y, Z. I was like, it's fine. He's not going to be closing games. It still turned into a problem, right? I had three, four, five Orioles fans hit me up today and go, Givens, y'all got a good one. That's almost always a great sign for your club. You know, sometimes you have to mortgage your future for the present. You know, that's... It's a little bit what the Rockies did with Trevor Story in 2016. I, I think they thought they were a little bit more ready than they actually were. But, you know, he stays healthy, then maybe that's their first postseason uh, since 2008, right? As it were, excuse me, 2009. Um, as it were, the next season, 2017, right? So that's the catalyst. So you lose that extra year of Trevor Story, as we were talking about earlier. But, you know, does he become that player? You don't know. So you, you start his clock a little bit early. Same thing with Ryan Rawlson. You say, oh, man, we could have had an extra year of him when he was in his prime. You, you would love to have that with Trevor Story. But you say, yes, but at the time, you were contending. And in, in six years from now, Ryan Rawlson could be one of the best pitchers in, in, in the entire game. And if the Rockies are you know barely scrapping for 500, you go, did, did they really need that season? Like, it's not as important. So you make trades like that. And so you're getting two years and really you're getting a year and a month of Michael Givens yeah. for 
ultimately 12 to 14 years of control over these young prospects. Now, there's also a player to be named later. Could be cash considerations as well. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I I, I tend to think it'll be cash considerations uh, yeah. rather than, uh, you know, the 51st best prospect that the Rockies uh, have to offer. So, you know, that 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 is a shame. But you those are the trades you make is that you say, okay, well, this guy could be a really good contributing player down the line. But we also don't feel a, a, a spot for him on our roster. Where does... Tyler Nevin play, as you said, you know, uh, came up as a third baseman, can play a little bit of first base. Uh, we saw him in summer camp in the outfield. Doesn't necessarily have a position on this team. And as you said with Vavra, even if Trevor Story leaves the Rockies after the 2021 season, maybe this is an indicator. Maybe this is actually an indicator that the best shortstop prospect in the Rockies is not needed because Trevor Story may be signing a long-term extension with your Colorado Rockies. Might just be a small, small indicator. But you make that deal because right now is an opportunity you have to capitalize. And, you know, all things being the same, even if Scott Ober comes back healthy, you're going to need Michael Givens in the bullpen in 2021. Possibly your your last opportunity with, with the window being open before Story and Gray become free agents. So you really like this deal. And yeah, Vavra and Nevin, they both could turn out to be really quality players. And you go, what if? And hey, you know, how much war did they put up? Just because you don't win a trade and you look at things like war doesn't mean you made a bad trade. It was what you had to do at the time. The Cubs gave up serious prospects to get a role this Chapman. Glaber yep. Torres is one of the best young players in the game right now, and he's going to be a New York Yankee for another five years. He might retire with the Yankees. He might go to the Baseball Hall of Fame. But the Chicago Cubs broke a 108-year the World Series to win the World Series. I Prospects do it every time. Are cool. That's right. Prospects are cool. Parades, Parades are, are cool. Hell yeah. So I, li- I and, like this deal. I like Vavra a lot, but you do this trade you every do. single time. Yeah, and 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 uh, and you know I've been one of those guys that that's defended the Rockies making very few moves because I do think that they need to value their internal growth more than any other organization in baseball. On the other hand, and Justin asking a question here, he says, "I know everyone's hyper focused on the bullpen, but should the Rockies be looking for starting offense?" And I understand that poll because their issue this year has been offense. Uh, more often than than you'd like and and i think it's going to continue to be moving forward all of that said the most generic like 27 year wide rockies broad take i could have on the trade they made today is this when you move out position players and acquire pitching you've done a good job as the colorado rockies they get position players Taryn vavra was rated by mlb pipeline Seventh best prospect in the Colorado Rockies system. You know who's never been rated in their top 30? Josh Fuentes. Sam Hilliard has had a hard time cracking their top 20. So, you know, Charlie Blackman was never seen as a top prospect. Rymel Tapia was supposed to peter out at double A. Okay. So the position players tend to work out for the Rockies. They need a mountain of pitchers. And... So while you can break down the numbers, and even if it works out for Vavra and Nevin, I'm always going to say, yeah, especially when you look at the resume of a guy like Michael Given. It turns out he can't come in and handle the Coors Field thing. That happens to guys. We know it's happened to guys. But here's the other thing I like about this, Patrick. He's ARB3 for next year and an unrestricted free agent after that, which means how much money he gets paid in 2021 is directly related to his performance this season and how much money he will make in unrestricted free agency as a guy who's had a very good career to this point and could be set to make some some decent money as a reliever will be dependent on how he pitches for the Colorado Rockies from here on out. Basically, if this guy's going to earn a big contract in his career, he has to be good for the Rockies for the rest of this season and through next season to make it work. And that's a guy you want on your team with all the incentive in the world to get good. And, and and you and I had talked once this trade went off. We we went back and forth on our thoughts. And my takeaway was that because of that reason, because he'll be around for next year, 
And yes, you know, part of, of what he makes is is due on his productivity this year, as well as in the past too. But you're right, what he does this year, the Rockies immediately install him as their closer. He's got 20 career saves already. Now, when he goes to arbitration or when he exchanges numbers with the Rockies, guys that are, are saving games get paid more money. This was a big to-do with Dellen Batances in the yep. Yankees, and he's, yep. he's no longer there now. That's one of those reasons he couldn't wait yep. to get out of the pinstripes because they kind of screwed him over a little bit. Uh, like, like we've been saying all <laughs> A little season, bit. That was nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you, you don't necessarily want your best pitcher in the ninth. You want him in other spots. So totally. for Givens, you go, all right, you know what? Let's, we, we do need those outs still in the seventh and eighth. So that's, you know, that, that's still crucial right now. But you like a guy like Bard who's got the mental makeup. So you keep totally. him in the ninth for yes. right now. And Givens goes ahead and he's your guy in the eighth. And as you said, Drew, about offense and pitching, you know, one thing that the Rockies could do is get creative and shop a guy like maybe Daniel Murphy, as we've seen Josh Fuentes get four starts and look fantastic. Got a walk-off hit the other night. Come on, who needs a guy who can get some walk-off hits? There you go. And it has playoff experience. So you can shop Daniel Murphy. You could shop Elias Diaz, you know, who has not unfortunately emerged uh, as that guy that potentially could have stolen Tony Walter's job. But you got two Pretty bats hit. right there that somebody else would say, hey, we'd love to have that guy. We'll give you maybe a slightly lesser left-handed reliever out of our pen. Murphy's making a lot more money. Tony Watson or such a somebody that can throw the ball Absolutely. over the plate. Give me a lefty. Yeah, yeah, there are those options out there. Not Josh Hader. So he's he's a little nope. too pricey. He's in yep. the Dodgers price range. You know what I mean? Wasn't uh, Givens though a little bit better than you thought? Because you and I had talked about this before, and 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 I think we we had set our sights a little bit lower than than a Michael Givens type. Yeah. So I think this, or maybe at the this maybe at the highest end of what we expected them to add. And 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 I think you're right. He's now their their fireman, or the, especially with Estevez being a little bit shaky. I'm totally with you. So if they can bring in a lefty who's – he doesn't even have to be that guy. They don't have to do that again. They don't have to move out two of their top prospects. Move your 25th best prospect. Move a, a Riley Pint for a, you know, a, a, a lefty reliever who can get the ball over the plate. Because right now, Pazos and, and Deal can't throw decent strikes over the plate. I'm, I'm so with you. And, and throw in Daniel Murphy to make it work. Open up space for Hampson and, and Rodgers and Fuentes – who they had out there starting at first base again today because they've recognized what you have recognized, sir. He plays phenomenal defense, and he actually is putting the bat on the ball right now. There's got to be some avenue here. It's got, I think it's going to be an exciting final couple of hours. I would have guessed they were done, but I don't know, man. I think they could, I think they could roll a, a few more, at least one more thing out here. I think so, too. And, you know, to, kind of to what you talked about with, with you know, offense for pitching – uh, and, and making those moves, you know, there, there's opportunity there with those guys uh, in the lower levels of the minors that haven't developed the way they would have liked. You said Riley Pint. That is huge because if you look at the players, we still don't know quite yet who they gave up for the catcher, Jason Castro from uh, the Angels. But uh, two players that they gave up for Mitch Moreland were guys that they needed to be on the 40-man roster by this December. Uh, because again, when you when you draft a player that's 18 or older, you get five years of development. If they're 18 or younger, you get six years where you sign them. Otherwise, they get left exposed to the Rule Five draft. And the Rockies have a couple interesting names. I think Colton Welker is a is um, a lock to to make the uh, the 40 man roster yep. uh, this winter. Uh, you have Brett Boswell. Hell, Chris Oliveras is kind of a tweener because he hasn't quite developed where they would have liked. He's got some value though. Yeah. Sure, and 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 they they protected Brailing uh, Eusebio a couple years ago before he needed Tommy John surgery. So, yeah. um, you have some guy, and, and Riley Pine is just a guy that hasn't done it, and I don't think there's any chance they protect him. So if another team is really coveting him and and trying to be coy and go, hey, what about that Pint kid? Fine, go ahead, take him. Good luck, and if he becomes something, even if he becomes you know a reliable reliever out of the bullpen for five years and then becomes a closer before he reaches free agency, sure, you're going to go, oh, man, what would have ever happened? But you know what? What would have happened if he sticks around in this organization is I just don't think he's going to have success at Coors Field, or he just flames out 
and that's that. So you know right. what? Get something for him. Get something for nothing. If these guys are going to be exposed to the Rule 5 and you could potentially lose them in December anyway, you might as well swing a deal for them right here and right now and improve your odds of going deep into the 2020 postseason. Absolutely. And, and Joseph, you know, I see, like, that's why I don't think the Rockies are going to make offensive trades. And quite frankly, it's why I don't think that they, they should. You know, remember, you know, however frustrated you are with player X right now is probably how frustrated you were with Rymal Tapia the first two weeks of the season. And I don't think they're all going to get that hot, though. Rymal Tapia on base three times again today. Like, look, he can hit. The kid can hit. Nolan Arenado's not going to hit 260 for the whole season. Charlie's in a funk right now. Trevor had a bad game today. Those are the guys you need to show up. There's, there's really only one spot in the lineup where you can look and go, they could make a substantial increase offensively there, and it's catcher, and that's so difficult to do because there's only a handful of catchers in all of baseball who can hit. If the, I have no idea what the status of Salvador Perez is right now. He's always been my guy. Like If he's healthy and good, <laughs> Go right on ahead. I will I will sing to the hills that they acquired Salvador Perez. Beyond that, there's no catchers that can hit that are available to the Colorado Rockies. You're not moving out guys like McMahon, Hampson, Hilliard, Rogers. These are the guys you need to hit. But they the, the driving force of the offense has to be Nolan Arenado, Charlie Blackman, and Trevor Story. And when they don't hit, you know, you, you can't count on on the other guys to do it. Rymel Tapia has been a more consistent contributor to the offense over the last two weeks than those three guys. And that's why the offense feels in a rut, but you, you don't make a trade to fix that. You trust those three guys to come through and you have to back them up with the best pitching and defense so that when they do hit the other teams run differential, you know, is low enough so that you're going to win that ball game. Today's ball game. You don't win in any season ever. That's just your pitcher comes out. He doesn't have it. You don't win it. Uh, you don't win it with more offense. Uh, you don't try to outscore these types of games. You try to make sure they happen as, as infrequently as possible. And the Rockies starting pitching has been fantastic. Uh, today, notwithstanding, it's been fantastic. So lock down the bullpen and trust your offense to get just enough. That's, that's where I'm at. And, and, and who do you credit that starting rotation to? Yes, the starters. But, but, but the guys behind the dish have, have been doing Straight that. Straight up. Calling Great games, and unfortunately, Drew, Salvador Perez, Salvador Perez is Deep, doing very, rather well. Yeah, yeah. going into today, uh, batting three oh seven, four homers, uh, twelve ribbies. Kill me. Uh, I love more, him. You know, a, a half a, a half a war offensively. So yeah, the, the price is going to be a high. And again, I'll pay he's, it. He's, Sorry, he's one of, he's <laughs> one of those guys where even if he's not providing that offense. What he does behind he the plate catch. is so incredibly valuable. Oh, he can catch uh, as a five-time Gold Glove uh, Award winner, and and you know a, a multi-time All Star. So he's doing it's that. But here. but again, you you've got a guy like Tony Walters where he's he's great. He's doing it defensively. Yes, not yeah. often. Can't hit. No, he can't hit. No. And, and that hit. play last <laughs> that play last night just jumps from behind the plate and grabs that ball, oh, kind man. of frames it out there, like oh, see where I caught it. He, he did that on Tuesday night, too, where he tried to get away with one. It didn't work. But uh, just such great athleticism from him. So you, you take that defensively. My question to you, Drew, is, and I brought this up last night, is, you know, uh, catcher right now has become that position, I think, for a lot of teams where you punt offensively on, almost like what shortstop used to be like mm-hmm. in the 70s and the early 80s. And you had a guy like Ozzie Smith who you look and you go, I don't care about his offense. Look at what he did defensively nowadays Omar Vizquel he's still knocking on the door of Cooperstown and they haven't let him in and there really is a negligible difference between those two guys there's another thing we can fight with Manny about it's the era (laughs) right it it was the era where the shortstops did hit in Vizquel's era they didn't in Ozzy's era so my question to you is this you're already punting on the catcher spot offensively what are your thoughts on punting on first base offensively with Josh Fuentes over there with his glove that's where it gets tough, right? Like you, that's, that's why they keep rolling Daniel Murphy out there. And I, and I get why that's frustrating for people, but just the resume says Daniel Murphy's going to get you X number of extra base hits. He's going to hit doubles. He's going to hit the ball in the air. He's not going to strike out very often. All of those things have even through his struggles remained largely true. Um, but for this team, and it feels so counterintuitive. This is a, I can't remember who, 
I was having this argument with uh, years ago. He's saying, you know, I almost wish the Rockies would go back to like pre-humidor days. They couldn't pitch, but they hit a ton of home runs and just try to outscore the offense and do that. And I go, I, I feel completely the opposite. This, it's the most chaotic sport in professional sports. You saw what happened today. Games get out of control. And more often than not, they get out of control at Coors Field. Everything you can do to help your run prevention game, I think, is important. I think the acquisition of Daniel Murphy was an overreaction to a very legitimate problem from 17 and 18 where they did not score enough, where they could not hit enough. People got frustrated. They were right in that series against the Brewers in the NLDS. The offense was embarrassing. So they went out and got one of the best postseason bats of the last 10 years. And... Now they can't get back to the postseason because any inning that gets extended because your first baseman or your shortstop or your catcher or your left fielder can't track down that baseball, it hurts two or three times as much at Coors Field. And in a 60-game season, it hurts five or six or seven times as much at Coors Field. Put Fuentes in there every day. Trade Daniel Murphy. Get all the pitching and defense and wait for Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, and Charlie Blackman to drive in a run or two. That's all I got (laughs) for sure. And and I think that that overreaction, you know, is, is incredibly costly because, you know, look at what I know David Dahl has been hurt, but look at what David Dahl has done as far as stepping up and you go, okay, well, there was some added offense, Ryan Mel Tapia, who was good last year, only good, but man, this year he's been a lot better. I I love every time he, this kid draws a walk, it's like, it should be the reverse Pedro Serrano, where I know. you know where he had to do you know or no no that was Willie Mays. Uh, every time uh, Willie Mays do push-ups, yeah. He had to do those push-ups. If every time he draws a walk, I mean, I don't, I don't know. He should get a little ice first. cream cone on his way down the first. Yeah, <laughs> bingo, exactly. There you go. Or he's the first one in line at the buffet. Like you know what? Yeah. There you go. You go ahead and uh, you get your first order up. So I love that. But but they got that offense from those guys, and Hampson stepped up. You know because yep. for a time, you know that 2017 season. Think about it. Christian Adamas was one of those big bats off the bench. Pat Vileka, who was fantastic <laughs> off Correct. the bench, Correct. but you know, wasn't you know able Taking to really, back, man. really sustain oh, yeah. that. But these guys like Hampson and Hilliard, Dahl, who's now an all-star, Ryan Altapia now, who's a capable, he'll be back. you know, everyday Dahl is your offensive fielder. trade, folks. That you, you, you reminded me he was on the team, Patrick. <laughs> it's it's right. like, right, you know, and, and that's frustrating. But you're, you're absolutely right. The names you just, those are the guys that have got to be the supplemental offense for your team. They're not going to go out and get a guy who's inherently going to hit better than those guys uh, that, that, that there's a place for. You know, take, take a look at what the Padres did with Mitch Moreland. I love Mitch Moreland. I could be captain of the Mitch Moreland fan club. Phenomenal beard. I love his swing. I've loved him his whole career. San Diego Padres already have Eric Hosmer, and there may not be a DH in the National League next year. And while I think Moreland's going to help them, and it's a, a solid acquisition, like... That can only help you so much. And that's the kind of thing that I think that's one of those moves to make moves that I'm glad the Rockies don't do. They traded three of their top 20 prospects or top 25 prospects for two guys who are 34 years old on expiring deals or close to and are nearing the end of their productiveness. You know, Trevor Rosenthal at a 1350 ERA last year. Uh, Moreland's numbers have been going down, as you'd expect for a guy now getting into his mid-30s. And so I think that's just one of those things where people go, hey, they made moves, or whatever. You get really exciting, and I, th- I think people would like the Rockies to do a thing like that. Get a guy I've heard of, like a Mitch Moreland, who I know can rake, but it's like the, Mitch Moore, there's no guarantee that Mitch Moreland's going to give the Padres more for the rest of the year than David Dahl will give the Rockies once he gets back. In fact, if anything, I would probably take the over on Dahl. So recognize where your needs are as frustrating as the other thing has been. And I, and I think the Rockies actually have been semi-decent at that over the last couple of years. Yeah. And, and Jason Castro, the other guy that they acquired as they need. That's a good pickup. 33 years old. I can't so again, you, you but he, yeah, these... wrong side of, but I, I do like Castro, but I'm with you. Like they're, they're selling off for now. You make a great point there. Yeah. And, and you know, they've, you know, we can, this is a, a podcast for, for a whole other day, but about, you know, how good their system has been and, you know, whether, whether you, you, you may or may not like where, 
you know, an organization is ranked by the, the prospect pundits, uh, here's your evidence right there. The fact that other teams are saying, yeah, we would love this guy. We would love that guy. And we're going to give you some major league talent for it. And the Padres, frankly, don't blink an eye because they feel like they've got, you know, that much, you know, flexibility to do that. And, and, and in Castro, you know, they give up a, a young righty in, in Gerardo Reyes, who's, uh, you know, no longer a, a top prospect, but, you know, they, again, use their strength to, to build more strength on the major league level because, you know, now is the time for San Diego. They haven't been in the playoffs since game 163. In 07. Yeah. Yeah. 2000, which, which isn't really the playoffs, I, Right. Does that count? The right. Season. Right. So I guess it maybe was 2006. Six Buddy or five, I think. Know, he yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> so do we know anyone who knows the answer to that? Oh, I think. We yeah, do. right. Mister <laughs> Black, Mister Black would know. So, so they're going all in, and, and you, again, you you love to see that because you just don't always get those opportunities to do it, isn't that? I mean, that's what you're supposed to do as a team well, is to win a championship, not be be quality organization every year. It's to win a championship, and the Padres are going out and doing it. You got to, you got to, you got to like. If you're a Padres fan, man, you got to be incredibly happy with your team right now. Oh, 100%. You know, it's funny. I was kind of giving a media folks a hard time on Twitter today for how they responded to the Padres making a trade and, and how I felt like they would have responded if the Rockies made literally the exact same trade and traded for guys who were over the hill and who have not been great. Uh, certainly last year. Now, Moreland's having a good season, uh, but last year, neither Trevor Rosenthal or Mitch Moreland were that great, and Trevor Rosenthal was a disaster. And if the Rockies had traded for a reliever who had a 13.50 ERA last year, I think they would have been clowned for it. And then they trade for this guy who's got a 138 ERA this year and a career 332, and people are very quiet about it. We're at the same time giving the Padres a lot of credit. And what I want to say to people also, and I'll probably have to repeat this when we have Manny on for our, for our big clash, but is... I actually totally agree that the Padres are doing things how they should be. That's how the Padres should run their team. These are not trades that I would say are bad trades for the Padres, but I don't think they'd be good trades for the Rockies to make. I don't think every team can operate the same way. And I don't think saying, look, see how they're trying and doing X, Y, and Z is something that you can then apply to the Rockies and say, well, they should move out some of their prospects for these guys who are probably over the hill and go for it right now. Um, you know, I, I just don't think that it works that way. Teams have to take their own approaches. And, and I think it's, I think you can respect both teams' different approach to their own unique situations. And for whatever reason, it seems to me like so many people have an extraordinary amount of respect for the way the Padres go about it, despite a lack of results over the last several years. And people have no respect for how the Colorado Rockies go about things, despite some decent results and that they may be on the verge here now, Patrick, of three out of four years. Look, I know it's a weird season, but three out of four years of being over 500 and in the playoffs. Yeah, no, you, you make a fair point is that not every team can operate in the same, same fashion, obviously. And, and again, yeah, it's kind of uh, hypocritical because the Rockies have had that success. I think, I think the difference between the two organizations is the Padres are, you know, using a methodology that has worked for, you know, essentially the last four World Series winners and, and throw the Dodgers in that mix where, you know, either you, you tank, uh, you, you, yeah. you, you're bad for a while, then now the Dodgers didn't necessarily do that. They've just, they invest they so much. They skipped that first step. Yeah, they've, they've got the analytics department. <laughs> That, yeah. that is just fantastic and is able to find any and everybody. And then you, you go sell your and, team to Magic Johnson. I don't know why everyone hasn't done that at this point. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Well, maybe Alex Rodriguez is, is interested in, uh, in Dude. the Colorado. He's, he's a free agent owner, so to speak. Um, but, but, hey, Rod, right. give me a call. I'd love to meet your wife. Big fan. Yeah. We, we, I mean, you weren't hanging out with him uh, last year when ESPN came and, and he I was saw, wearing I, probably a $2,000. <sighs> Track didn't suit? he look? Didn't he look good? I walked by him in I'm the stunned. hallway. Was Same. you walked by him in the hallway? Didn't you? He walked by me, and I just <laughs> humming a humming a, and I'm like, I had, to, I was like, get up enough Is that nerve. A real person. I was like, let me get up enough nerve to talk to his number two guy. Like that was. That was how he is. That I'm like, all right, his assistant. I'm gonna get the guts to talk to his assistant. No, nah, it didn't didn't, nah. didn't really happen. That was like the one opportunity. You know, we 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 breathed the same air, but it was. 
it was a good air. It was good air that day. It was good all. air. <laughs> it was good air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was great air. So I was a know, little he, starstruck. I'm just saying, if the missus had walked by, I'd have, I'd have fallen down. I just went, love don't cost a thing. I love her and have since I was 12. So whatever. <laughs> I was gonna say you're singing a song from 20 years ago when you were 12. So I mean, yeah. it does make sense there. Yeah, yeah. Straight up, <laughs> I love her. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Like, <laughs> how do we get off on the? No, no, the the Rockies, you know, they, <laughs> who knows, they're, they're sitting there at 500, right? Like we said, they got a chance to split this set maybe, but if they can finish it, you know, with 33 wins, which I think is about where both you and I predicted they would and where I think they're in a decent spot to do so, especially if they can take care of business against like the Giants and the Angels and these teams and be all right there. They're going to be right there, but... Patrick, it is interesting. I, I was talking with some of the people down here at the DNVR bar about just sort of the frustration of, like, the Rockies are the fifth best team in the National League, and sometimes it's seventh, and sometimes it's fourth, and they've sort of swung back and forth, and that's where they've been, and that's what I've talked about over and over again in 17 and in 18, and in even in 19 until they totally fell apart. That's about where they were, fourth or be- fifth best team in the National League. But it's the most frustrating fourth place, fifth place team of all time. It's just there are so many games out there. It feels like they leave on the table that they could have won. So I get where that that frustration comes from. What is the key moving forward now for them to do that? For them to sit in here at 500 with less than half the season to play. How do they make sure that this doesn't become a disaster that they have to apologize for, but instead that they finish in fourth place which is with the, where they should be but frustrating i i think from what we've seen particularly in that two for 12 atrocious slump that they had for those two weeks i think from looking at that because that's what you don't want you need to do two things one is you need to keep nolan arenado happy so if batting third is just a simple solution to keep him happy then so be it. Blackman will figure it out. Batting cleanup. Yes, he's falling off the table just a little bit. But I mean, when the table is propped up at batting 500, I mean, <laughs> no, one, no one's on that table. It's quite no the table one. to fall off of. Yeah. Yes. So, so keeping him happy, and we've seen him. He's been a doubles machine this entire week. I think he's had five or six. So he's really raised his average. He's just so much more comfortable. That's going to allow you to win that many more games or at least keep you at 500. And the other thing is to figure out a solution for this bullpen. And Michael Givens is a big solution for the bullpen. Smaller one is giving a guy like Ryan Rawlison an opportunity. Yes. And and really making sure that you've got the right guy in the five spot. If it's Castellani, he needs to make sure he's eating up those innings because you can't afford to have the bullpen be tired or fatigued you need those bullets for those guys in those games that you can win and he's got to fight him, through that a little better that's yeah right. and if it's not him it's chi chi that's so right so they've got to they've got to answer that those are kind of the the big pieces that are going to be the difference from a complete you know tank into the garbage like we saw in 2019 or you know, a surge into the playoffs, even if it's just a comfortable, just, hey, you know, we, we, we rode this wave in. We didn't really have to do too much work. I think even a 30-30 uh, 30 and 30 record can get them into the playoffs, right? You're I not think aiming for that. Yeah. You're not aiming for that. No. Nope. If they go 30-30 and they get into the playoffs, okay, great. It's a whole new season. And Give me the Cubs in a first-round matchup. Give me the Cubs. Wow, Anyone? you really hope, right? You yeah. really hope. Yeah, straight up. All right, I'm going to swing for the fence here with this last question i got to ask you. And speaking of swinging for the fences, though I don't think they have fences, I think you got to swing for the green in WGT Golf. Uh, you can find it for free over at dnvrgolf.com. It's so much fun. Totally free love by more than 20 million players around the world, though I think that number has gone up since we started playing it here <laughs> at DNVR. We have had to have now three different country clubs. I think we're going to have to open up a fourth very soon. That's just how much fun people are having with this game. That's how popular it's been. Uh, We're all having a blast with it, whether you're playing 
full stroke or closest to the hole at world-famous golf courses, including Bethpage Black or Pebble Beach, man. It's just so much fun, like I said. And you've got nothing to risk. There's literally no downside. It's free. So get it on your phone or your computer today at dnvrgolf.com. And so as I ask you, Patrick, this, this final question before we sign off here, you and I are sitting in the office. You're the GM, I'm the assistant GM, or you're the, or the other way around. You're Brad Pitt, and I'm, I'm Jonah Hill, right? <laughs> Those were the names of the actual people, right? And we've got these Rockies decisions to make today. Oh, here we go. Michael's even asking the question I'm asking right now. What would you do in Breidich's position? We've got the question about James Pazos. It sounds like, is that the guy who goes down if you're bringing up Ryan Rollison? And are you trying to move out Murphy and these other guys? But I, I think that's really the big move. If we're sitting there and you're saying, I'm, I'm buying what you're selling now. If I'm, if I'm Brad Pitt and you're Jonah Hill, and you're saying, we got to bring up Ryan Rollison, I'm saying, okay, who am I sending you to to say, we got to option you out? And what other things are, are you trying to sell me on? Who are you trying to get me to call and say, hey, we got to move this guy, we got to move that guy, or we got to target? I know Cleveland isn't selling, but I love Simber, their reliever, who just throws that sidewinder. I love him all day. Like, who's your guy who you're coming in and saying, Billy, this is the guy we need? Well, if, if I had my druthers, and I don't know it, that San Francisco is, is really going to play ball here, it's Tony Watson. It and, is. It's got to be. And I think, you know, maybe, just maybe there's a chance because Joey Bart, you know, has, has struggled a little bit, and you certainly don't want to, you know, tear him down this early in the game uh, after, after nine games, batting 167 going into today. But maybe you say, hey, look, we'll give you Elias Diaz. He's your guy that you can start, you know, three out of every five games. You can relax on Joey Bart also make sure that his service clock doesn't keep ticking away and right. you have that opportunity to maybe start him in the minors in a normal season in 2021 so that you can gain back that extra year of control over his contract. Then Diaz, Watson, go ahead, throw in a, a bucket of balls or a low-level minor league player, cash considerations, whatever it is, get that lefty. That would be the most ideal situation. I think Murphy's going to be a little harder just because of the money he's making. It's not a lot, but it's something. Diaz is not making any money. I think that would be the most ideal trade that I would try to swing. And at worst case scenario, Sold. I would literally call other the other 29 teams and just go, do you have any lefties? It's That's wrong. it. Do you just have them? And you say, maybe <laughs> you, you can make a deal. I mean, I mean, think about like the deal last year with Talkman for deal, where you just were like, all right, look, we can't use this guy. Who's a guy that you're really not digging on that much? That's a double A guy. Totally. And they kicked it. You know, they they gave Deal a a, a shot, and and you know, and he's he's had his moments, and and he still has got a long career ahead of him. But I in think that some moment of of 2019, you go, wow, you you got something for nothing. So again. Who do you got out there that's a lefty, a veteran? He's got a 13.5 ERA. He probably won't be that bad uh, with us. <laughs> He's due. We'll, we'll give it a shot. We just right. want some fresh blood, especially if you're not going to give Rawlison that opportunity. Just right. give me somebody. I do both. Do both. Just to breathe some life into it. And, yes, Pazos can go to the alternate site to try to figure out what's what. That's so you, you've got some opportunities. They're all relatively low risk. But I, I think you can you can make those trades and feel really good about hey, the bullpen's got a little bit more life in it right now and they've got a shot. They've got a shot to do some things come the postseason. Totally. Well, before we're allowed to get out of here, Patrick, we do, despite the thirteen to loss thirteen to loss. Well, pretty much a thirteen to loss. Who cares how many runs the Rockies scored at that point? It was two of them. But we do have to give out a draft king of the game and it was for our guy Chi Chi Gonzalez we we talked about it a little bit earlier how he did come into this one sort of quietly give uh four innings of a very very solid performance there for Chi Chi only giving up the two hits yeah one of them ended up going over the fence but still a very very solid outing what you wanted to see uh, and really just his second appearance this year he hasn't uh been able to pitch with the injury so 
solid stuff. Oh, looks like we've got a little bit of news coming in here right as we were about to close off, but still good stuff from Gigi Gonzalez becoming the draft king of the game. Remember to use that promo code DNVR on that DraftKings Sportsbook. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get this name and I'm gonna go with Darylis said that Nightingale has just announced, and it sounds like the Avalanche have just announced that they've scored a goal, and Nightingale has just announced oh. that Mike Clevenger Holy. has been added to the San Diego Padres. And that's a very wow. good pickup. Again, depending on what they had to give up, and I'd have to look at Mike Clevenger's contract status, but just as a pitcher, I know he is very, very good. And so uh, that can absolutely impact things moving forward here in this division yeah this is a move that's not just for 2020 this is a move even beyond um he is not a free agent until after the 2023 season oh wow yeah so after this year they gave up for three more years and again going back to it the, the padres were really bad which allowed them to get, you know, a lot of really good draft picks, and they were creative. You know, we go back and listen to all of our draft coverage. The Padres were ahead of the Rockies in every single pick. Going number eight, they did not pick the best high school outfielder. They picked the second best. Rockies right. got the best. They got Zach Veen. Right. Padres go out, they get Robert Hassel the third, save a little money there, and then they go and get a stud, you know, essentially the, the, the ace – uh, pitcher, the Friday night starter for the Georgia Bulldogs, Cole Wilcox. They are able to get him with their third pick, pay him a little bit extra money. So again, they get quantity really versus that we got to get just this one guy. They've spread it out so incredibly well. They've done a really good job on the international market. And the thing that they've done, and Drew, this is that conversation of how teams don't necessarily need to operate the same way. This is the one area in which the Rockies have absolutely failed i think throughout their history now they've traded holiday and they traded Tulo. they've traded ubaldo they've traded three of their big guys but other than that they have not gone and made these small little deals here and there when they've needed to right like right the padres did it with chase headley when his time was up they got jan jervis solarte who then when his time was up they went and they dealt him for Edward Olivares, and then they turn Edward Olivares to Kansas City for Trevor Rosenthal. All for a guy in Chase Headley, whose time was done with the Padres six years ago. And yeah. now they've got Trevor Rosenthal for when they're good. The Rockies haven't done that, and the Padres have. That's one of the reasons why their system has been so incredibly, incredibly stacked. And man, they are here to stay, period. We will see... Uh, it looks like there's some pushback on whether or not this is final. Robert Murray, as I'm looking at Twitter right now, is saying the Padres do not have a deal for Mike Clevenger at this time. That was tweeted five minutes after Bob Nightingale's tweet about the Padres uh, being the leaders to get him. So it looks like maybe final details are being worked out here. But that's a deal you don't want going through uh, if you're a Rockies fan, uh, almost regardless of, of no. what... Oh, of what the Padres have to give up. You don't want Clevenger. Like, Mike Clevenger's a very good pitcher. He's just he's just a very good pitcher. And that was the one part of the Padres team that I predicted that's been right so far, because mostly I've been wrong about the Padres. Look at them go. Uh, but the, the pitching has been mediocre. They've been winning games primarily on an extraordinarily hot offense, which I think at least was going to cool off before maybe now the additions of Castro and Moreland. Like, you look at the bottom of that lineup – they don't scare you. They still don't. But Austin Hedge is being replaced by Jason Castro, maybe. Uh, still, though, you got to hope that one doesn't go through, man. You don't want Mike Clevenger in this division. You got to hope this falls through <laughs> and hope that this is a Bob Nightingale misfire. Because, uh, oh, yeah, and I saw this, Will, that the D-backs are shopping Starling Marte and Archie Bradley. And, and you're saying you would? So would I. In a heartbeat, I would bring Starling Marte to Coors Field. I don't think it'll happen, but yeah. in a heartbeat. And he's on a he's on a favorable contract. It is an option for next year. I think at two and a half million dollars. So oh, give me he, that. He's real cheap. Oh, give me that. Yeah, that's, oh. that that would be a, a bargain. He he. I'd move Rogers for Starling Marte. I'm not even joking. 
I would wow. move Brent. And and it's like and it's stupid. Like that's a stupid thing to do, and that's why I shouldn't be a GM. But Starling Martel hit three seventy five at Coors Field for the next two years and play extraordinary defense. And I would love to see Starling Marte in a Rockies uniform. Uh, but seems unlikely, but a hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and Ryan Spader is is, is the guy that originally reported uh Clevenger as that guy and uh, soon after he did, he said on Twitter, he said, quote, what a disaster this will be for me. Uh, should this fall through, I will get reamed by Twitter for weeks. Yeah. You can't just go out there and, and make statements like that. But the Padres, even after losing these guys in their top 30 list, they've got so much depth. You know, they're, they're number three prospects, CJ Abrams, who was a first rounder he good. two years ago. They got Fernando Tatis at shortstop. What do you need another shortstop for? Sure, he, he can good. move over to third base, but again, they've got depth there. Last year, they acquired Taylor Trammell from Cincinnati, so they basically, when they gave up Fran Mill Reyes and other pieces, I think Adam Simber, in fact, was a part of that deal as well. They yep. just said, okay, well, let's get a really good outfield prospect, and so they did. So they've they've just got studs, you know, all around that that other teams are really coveting and. If you can swing a deal for a guy like Mike Clevenger, whose stock is down, right? Because if Cleveland wants to get rid of him, really to send a message like, look, you you, you did something real bad. I, you you lied I mean, to us. You didn't tell the truth. We're in a pandemic. It, we got guys here that are you know immunodeficient and compromised health. And all you true. don't really seem to care about that. Yep. We don't want you around. So you know what? Even if we get 50 cents on the dollar, we got to make that trade. And the Padres are like, we'll take them. Sounds like the asking price is high, according to John Heyman. So right now our sources are Bob Nightingale and John Heyman. So longtime listeners of the podcast, uh, <laughs> take that with however you will. My but, sources are Bob Norton and Paul Heyman. Bob Orton and Paul Heyman. Um, love it. So those are the guys that I've, I've gotten my baseball information from these days. So <laughs> we were t- <laughs> we're talking about... Again, here down at the DNVR bar today about being a Colorado Rockies fan and what it means. And if you all are not familiar with the story of professional wrestler Tommy Dreamer, Mm. I think that's what being a Colorado Rockies fan is. Look, you can be a fan. You want to be a fan of the Dodgers, or the Yankees. You want to be a fan of Bill Goldberg or Ric Flair or John Cena. Rock and roll. No power to you. Take all those championships. Be the best of the best. Hardly ever lose. You're dominant. When you win, you're supposed to win. And then when you lose, it's really disappointing because you were supposed to win. But Tommy Dreamer went six years in ECW and never won a match and just got his face beaten in and got bloodied and beat up. And then one day, one time, against a guy who'd beaten him 25 times in a row, Tommy Dreamer won a match, and the place went crazy. And that is what it's like to be a Colorado Rockies fan, man. You're not the overdog, whatever that, I don't think that's a phrase. You are always the underdog. You are always fighting from behind. You've always got less weaponry and less backup and less resources and fewer reinforcements than the other guys. And the other guys are using kendo sticks, and they're going to light your back up. You're going to get bloody. The the entire arena, or in this case, all of the U.S., they want to see. They want to see Tommy Dreamer. They want to see the Colorado Rockies be successful. They'll they'll jump on our backs. They'll jump on the bandwagon in the end. But right now, they're they're just like, yeah, he's all right. They're all right. When that moment comes, though, and you think this might happen. Because it will have been so improbable. It will be one of the greatest moments in the history of sports. I love this analogy. And, and, and I guess maybe that makes the Los Angeles Dodgers, Shane Douglas. And, Sandman or Raven or, yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah, I don't know who Raven is. Ra- yet I, I think Raven was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Padres is, are starting to turn into Raven is, a little bit. Whoever is the second best team in the uh, – that the pundits think in the NL West, that's Raven for that year. Yeah, it's 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 the Padres right now, uh, despite the fact that the Rockies actually have gotten the better of them. And and something again, that's another thing you and I talked about. That's kind of funny that 
you know, in this, even in this stretch, again, if they get the split, they'll be fine against these Padres here. But, um, boy, it's rough when they drop one 13 to two, but as a, <laughs> I haven't done this one in a while where is Mary, Mary's not with us today. Mary always loved it when I would go to the Lord of the Rings analogy and quote Gimli and remind everybody that only counts as one. They will play again tomorrow. They will send their ace, unless their ace is Antonio Senzatella. Yeah, I said it. Uh, they will send Herman Marquez to the hill, who really should be their ace, as Patrick said earlier, out for vengeance, out to prove that he is who we thought he was, uh, who he is, who he expects himself to be. It's a big game. The Rockies, we've said this a bunch of times, they, they need to win. They really need to get this one, and uh, I suspect they're going to come out and play a very good game on Monday night. We'll be there with you covering it as always. So you got to make sure you're following us on the social media at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You got to subscribe to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out on any of that written content. Plus, you get discounts on all of our merchandise, including this cool shirt and hat. Nope, I did that backwards. Shirt and hat that I am currently wearing. We also got masks, uh, all kinds of cool stuff. And you can come down here at the DNVR bar and find any of that. Otherwise, we can only ask that whatever the final score of the game may be, you continue to remain absolutely awesome out there. We will continue to remain absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.